Hey, my name's Louie and welcome to... I'm just going to go for it. Hey, I'm Louis, nutritionist and personal trainer, and it's my privilege to welcome you to Between Two Plates, the Strength Vitality podcast where we discuss everything between gym plates and kitchen plates to do with fitness, nutrition and mental health. This week, we're joined by Katie Hickling, amateur CrossFit athlete, ex-event rider, friend and client. Pinning Katie down for anything is a win in of itself. Training like a professional athlete, managing her massage business, as well as looking after her horses means her time is sparse. But it was awesome to be able to chat about Katie's background, her intentions in the future, and some of the lessons that she's learned along the way. A couple of months ago, Katie qualified and competed in the European CrossFit Championships, her first ever event, and totally crushed it. This is a snapshot of the beginning of a wildly exciting athletic career. Listen in, be along for the ride from the beginning. If anyone has any questions relating to any of the topics that we discuss in this interview, please don't hesitate to email me at louis at strengthvitality.com. Thank you again, and we really hope you enjoy the podcast. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I obviously know who you are, but I'm going to give you an opportunity in a second to introduce yourself. Um, This uh, podcast is here to talk about health, nutrition, uh, training, and including mental health as well. So what we're going to try and do is talk a bit about uh, where you've come from, uh, your experience in in your uh, profession and your sporting background, and then try and uh, sort of disseminate some stuff from there, which can help give some people some practical tips if they can relate to some of the things you've been through. So... Uh, Katie, if you could give people a bit of an insight into your background, so your sporting background, and then perhaps how we know each other, that would be amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I'm Katie, everybody. Um, I previously was a event rider, so I came from more of a horsey background than the gym um, to begin with. Um, coming from a horse background has always been very, like, hardcore early start mornings late finishes um ever since i was small because my mum used to compete when i was very young um so that's how i got involved with the horses i've been very lucky and fortunate with my family to get the opportunity to then have my own pony at the age of eight and then from then on in it was kind of like competitions and training from every weekend to the weekdays all day every day (laughs) kind of came a bit obsessive with People who know me have kind of got a bit of an obsessive personality. So I guess <laughs> okay. that's where it's come from. Um, I blame my mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we went uh, from having ponies and stuff like that to and then get to the age of 16. You are then told whether basically you kind of give up or you carry on and get a horse. And I was very fortunate again. I got the opportunity to then buy the horse. And um, I was... I found her name's Twiggy. In fact, we got Twiggy um, just after the pony I had called Perry. And he competed at, if anybody knows, like sort of um, pony club level up to like one meter height. And then he started getting a bit, um, like let's say, it's hard to explain to non-horsey people. Um, He started to get a bit um, bad bad on the, like height wise. And he wanted to, just like kind of take a chill let's just say that so um we then got sold him on to someone else who was very lucky and could carry on his little career and then i moved on and found twiggy and twiggy had competed at international level so she was pretty experienced much more than me so she kind of helped me go up towards the like ranks and i managed to get she brought me up to international level as well which is amazing and we competed up to one star we then went intermediate which is if people know is British eventing so I was competing internationally against other countries and stuff like that so that was pretty cool so I got to do that for four years with her so I've had her now for seven years this will be our seventh year she's now retired because she kind of went I can't do any more Katie I'm kind of giving up here I can't keep up with your madness so so, and then I was like the next stage of horse is quite expensive and it kind of got to that point where I was like, right, okay, well, I can't afford the next the next big thing. So it kind of was the same time that I was doing my uni degree as well. So everything kind of came down gradually and slowly. So then I did my uni degree, which was sports coaching. Um, did that at University of Brighton. Um, I found that extremely hard. I have no idea why I went to uni in the first place, but I thought, why not? <laughs> um, but I did enjoy meeting all my friends, and it was just a great experience. I've learned a lot. Um, of like information as well as like you know life experience 
Um, so at doing sport coaching, a lot of my friends were into gym. And um, at that time, I'd obviously finished school, gone to uni, and, and my mum was like, kind of need a job now. Kind of need to help pay for the horses, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, right, okay, do you know where I'm going to go first? I'm going to go to the baker's because I love food and I love food. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, brilliant, let's go. And I went to the Crossing Ham Bakery and they were like, sorry, love, we don't have any space. <laughs> Sadly, I walked away and I then saw Eisenhurst Crossing Hand across the road. And my mum was like, you kind of like sports. You've been in sport. I've always been in sports since school. It's kind of like one of those things, you know, I was more the um, physical person rather than the academic. Um, so, yeah, so I went into the eyes and hair, strolled up and was like, hi, can I um, have a job? And I think it was Louis who was at the desk with Hannah and they were like, oh, she seems quite bubbly and friendly. But they were like, no, we don't really have a job going, but there's some work experience. So I was like, oh, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Because I always say yes. I'm such a yes person, me. So I'm like, um, yeah, okay, then I'll do I'll do some work experience. It's like, when would you like to start? She's like, would you like to come in tomorrow at six? And I was like, huh? <laughs> six o'clock. <laughs> so anyway, I'll carry on with the story. Um, yeah, so six o'clock. <laughs> so I w walked up to the Arsenhurst gates, and then I was on the shift with Ryan Smith. Most people know him for his um, nutritional stuff now. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was on shift with him, and he was like, it's pretty easy here, and everybody gets on with everyone. You'll kind of, like, get the vibe, and you're – you're, you know, you'll just, you'll go along with it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And it just thinking, it's a bit of a shame because when I was doing the day, I, I like really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, it's a shame I can't work in this environment. And I was seeing everybody in the gym and by the, I had never been to a gym in my life. I only went there because my mum told me it was a good thing because it's to do with sport. So and then I was seeing everybody in the gym and thought, wow, these people are pretty hardcore. <laughs> and I think it was <laughs> that evening, Hannah was like, why don't you go to our circuits class? So I went to a circuits class. Um, and Alex takes the circuit classes at Eisenhurst. And I walked in and I was thinking, yeah, I thought I was fit. And then I literally remember dying at a circuit <laughs> class. <laughs> Coming out thinking, wow, whatever they want, they're doing, I want to do that. And, <laughs> and I think from then on in, it kind of like, uh, then went to another work experience day. And then Hannah turned around to me and was like, you're getting quite all right here, actually getting on with everybody. Why won't, would you want to actually just have a job? Um, we don't yes. have enough girls. We don't have enough girls anyway. So, and then, yeah, and then I joined up um, to the Eisenhurst. So anyway, I'll stop with that one. But um, how I met Louis is a great story. It's because he was picking on, putting on the first year of Pick It Up It Down this, that year. And um, I'd only been a uh, star for like two months at that point. And I said to Louis, I don't really want to do it considering how fit these people are, but I don't <laughs> mind helping you out. And he said, why don't you be a judge? So I was a judge at the first Pick It Up, Put It Down. And um, yeah, from then on in, I just watched everybody and was like, that's it. I want to get into whatever they're doing. And kind of like threw myself into it and never really looked back. You're, I remember, I'll never forget when you started judging. It was, you could just see it straight away. Like you hadn't been in that environment before. And it was like, for any of you who don't know what Pick It Up, Put It Down is, it's like a CrossFit competition, especially then it was very rustic. So yeah, people competing in mixed pairs and Katie was judging, but she was on the floor next to this person, like bleeding their heart out, like, come on, like hitting the floor, like 10, <laughs> nine. <laughs> I think I the funny like, thing. Yes, there is fire in that girl's belly. <laughs> I think the funny thing is, I think it was Sophie and Paul and Sophie was my food tech teacher previously <laughs> at school. And she was like, why is my, why is my student telling me to do more reps? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Should have been at the bakery. <laughs> so then um, what, uh, from, from that pick it up, put it down, what has taken you to the point now where you are, you have just competed at a very high yeah. level competition? Um, so pick it up, put it down is obviously then became one of the biggest things like ever. My whole tra training through that first year, pick it up, put it down, then became focused around that. Cause I was like, do you know what? I've always been very competitive. My horse background I was like, do you know what? I want, I want to compete in this now. And how can I compete? Like, what is this thing they're doing? And then um, I think it was, <laughs> it's funny, but the Netflix series then brought out the CrossFit games, like the first fittest on earth or something like that. And I remember watching that. I was like, that's it. That's what they do in circuits. And I remember, so Liam Smith, Brian's brother, he was obsessed with it at that point as well. And he was 
talking to me about the CrossFit stuff and the workouts. And it's like, it's a completely different ball game, Kate. You've got to stop training for just one competition and look at your training about being a, a lot more varied, a lot more just being open-minded, training more your weaknesses than your strengths. I mean, back in the day, I think what I was very good at was training at my strengths. Like I'd clean and press all day long, burpees, as <laughs> quick as I could, because that's what I was good at. So the things that I was good at was training for. But at the end of the day, I kind of was like, you know what, he's right. I need to focus on the things that I'm not as good at. Like, you know, you've got, you've got to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. Um, so I then thought, how can I like focus my training around this? And I downloaded something called Comp Train, which is a CrossFit um, centered like training program for towards that. And obviously alongside, I have Alex Purcell and Louis advice as well, who helped me with, all very sort of stuff, but I'm always saying so. I think I annoy them with all the messages. I'm like, what split should I hold on the rower? What weight <laughs> should I go on the cleaner press? I think before like award started in circuits, I probably went to Louis or Primal, like, what weight should I be doing? They'd be like, just do anything. <laughs> so Alex Purcell is, um, he is like freaking wired as a wizard with that stuff. And it's, it does him a disservice to say he's great with numbers because it's more than that. He's got this like understanding of, this is the task at hand. This is the tactical approach you should take to meet that task at hand. And he's yeah. clearly done. Just watching how you approach, sorry to interrupt you, how you approach no, the competition and all of your training building up to it was such a great balance between you and him in that, uh, that approach to your training. It, it was fantastic. Yeah, he's like, as, as is Louis, but we'll get on to Louis in a minute. But Alex is, um, he's got a way with, just knowing he's yeah. he, and he's so humble about it but he's probably one of the most intelligent people i know like he will yeah. look at someone it's like a, it's like a nurse being able to say see someone's heart rate without even like you know having to listen he just he just knows there and then what needs to happen when and his, you can see his mind figuring it all out before a workout i mean at the europeans when we were there but i'm sure we'll talk about it he was on the we was on the phone all the time wasn't he? <laughs> Right, this is the workout, like 30 wall bowls, and then onto the uh, row. I was like, okay. so he's like, me and Louis were like, what split should she be holding? We were like panicking. We are like, Alex, Alex. <laughs> he's like, don't worry, I've got you. He's like, this, this, and this. But, but the best thing about Alex is he's, he's so humble. I mean, he was meant to be on this call with us today, but I know he's, it's the fact that he's, like, he's also a little shy, but he just doesn't want to big him, us to big him up. Um, yeah. But he's, he's amazing. He really is, and he's followings and his PTs just show how like everybody adores him and he's just amazing with all ages and abilities really isn't he Lou? Yeah freaking awesome um, and yeah. it's, it's a bit it's equally testament to you that someone like that would be willing to support you because it is he is a very busy dude because he's so good at it but it was so lovely to see how much time he had for you and that yeah. relationship that formed which led to you being so physically prepared for that competition yeah. Um, before we get into the, the comp, mm -hmm. and a couple of questions about when you're talking about your background. Out of interest, I mean, you're talking, when you're talking about the horsey thing, and I'm totally naive to horses, you mentioned a couple of times that your horse, what was the horse you had after, I uh, know, Twiggy, Twiggy yeah. led you. You were like, Twiggy brought you up, and then you were like, and yeah. Twiggy led that, and then Twiggy was making these decisions. For someone yeah. who's naive in the horsey world, uh, it surprises me because you sort of think you're on top of the horse. You're the one that's leading the horse in all of these scenarios. How much is it that uh, the success of the professional relationship between horse and rider is down to the horse? And how much is it down to the rider? Of course, like the rider is the rider. So it's the person who takes control of what's going on. I mean, you're the main decision maker in what's going on. I mean, at the end of the day, the horse isn't going to box itself off to the competition <laughs> so <laughs> you're the one taking it there but um i think the way i say say it is um for me it's such a partnership um it's just being able to be in a relationship basically with someone and knowing exactly what that per other person needs and wants and that's who i was for twiggy and vice versa and i think i say because twiggy made the decisions i mean mainly because she was she was the athlete underneath me who was basically the control of the athlete wow. as well as I'm not taking it away from anyone who rides. Cause I mean, it's, you have to be super fit. And I think for me, I've, that's, that's why I've been um, able to do CrossFit and go into that sort of thing so quickly because my fitness was so high from eventing. 
But at the end of the day, the horse is running the miles and jumping the fences. So I think that's why I always say the horse is obviously, you know, the main decision maker of movement. Maybe we are the main decisions of like how that movement is performed. Because at the end of the day, you have to be quite talented because obviously you have to be able to see a stride, which means like being able to come up to a fence properly to be able to, you know, know where the takeoff landings are, quickest routes being, I mean, dressage itself. We say it's like a dancing horse. Um, so you're, you're the person telling the horse what movements to make so, and pressing the right buttons sort of thing. So it's a combined partnership all together. And I've been very lucky to have a horse who's so understanding. There's a lot of horses out there who just go, nah, I'm doing my own thing. Or you have a lot of rides or you have a lot of riders who are the complete opposite as well. And just be like, this is what I want. That's when I want it. So I think it's kind of like, it's a question that you ask the horse who normally responds with yes, if you've got a good one. Um, but at the end of the day, Twiggy, Twiggy wouldn't jump the fences if she didn't want to. So, I mean, there's a lot of, I won't go into that because it's another story altogether, but there's <laughs> enough <laughs> that, you know, with the racing hype and people say the horses don't want to race, um, it's, a ho- it's the riders that make them. But at the end of the day, the horses wouldn't run. Twiggy would never have jumped the fences I told her to okay. if she didn't want to do it. You know, they are massive animals. They're big machines and they could turn around and say no. And they play blooming well will. <laughs> but <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's why. And coming and swinging that into CrossFit is very, the one thing I do find hard with CrossFit is very independent sport. I've always relied on my partner, Twiggy. So going from that sort of partner relationship, even though you are kind of on your own in the field sort of thing, you're not actually able to talk, but you still have that little companion underneath you who you can feel breathing and, you know, making every stage and movement with you. So I think it's very different, but at the same time, like it's quite nice to do something different. Sorry, I won't keep rambling. <laughs> That's great. It's really interesting. So what you've sort of, sort of to butcher that as a summary, the, the relationship between you and the, you and the horse, it's actually much more relationship as opposed to it being massively led one mm. than the other. One way. And then the other thing you mentioned about was that you're very much of a yes person. Do you think that that yes mentality is a useful thing in life in general? And do you think that that's been a useful thing in many aspects of your life? Sometimes. I think okay. sometimes saying yes is a great thing. I mean, it's very daring and thrilling part of my personality. And I think it drives me in, especially with CrossFit, is being able to think, forward think and think, if I, I can do this lift. And I, or even just the workout, like, I will finish this. Like, if even if it takes me five hours to complete it, it I will get there in the end. And I think for my mentality in um, the start was, I'm going to finish this as quick as I can. If I can't do it, I won't do it. And I think putting that into place is, I think I've changed as I've matured a bit, but yeah, I think being a yes person can have an effect on how I push myself, but also at the same time <laughs> in life as general, sometimes it's okay to say no and not, yeah. not do it, not do it. You don't always have to do the dare. <laughs> <laughs> Although you are definitely the type of person that will always do that. You don't always have to have the last tequila shot. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, What do you, did it, when you decided that you were going to do the competition, which you're about to tell us about, uh, what was that decision-making process like? Was it very easy for you? Was someone else that suggested it to you? Or was it a hard decision to make? Yeah. So we've said earlier about pick it up, put it down, being a competition and how that was very focused. And then I kind of got into that comp train stuff, which was CrossFit movement bases. And um, I kind of was kind of happy swinging along doing that. I'll be honest. Like it came like a little competition in its own right because I had benchmark workouts. And if people don't know what benchmark workouts means, it just means you have like testing days. Um, so you do, so I do like a whole training four week program. And then at the end of the four weeks, they're test like a one rep max or not even that, just a wad time and see if you've improved your time, even by like, if it's a minute or even like 30 seconds. And then you start getting achievements like that. Doing its own right, kind of like came a competition and also just kind of like kept my training interesting. But, and then I remember having a conversation with Liam again, 
in the gym and he was saying about pick it up, put it down and stuff like that. And people know Liam never ever talks about pick it up, put it down and never told me he was actually doing pick it up, put it down with me until the last week of doing it. <laughs> but um, he was like, are you, what, so what's your plan? What are you doing? He's like, you're just doing the same things. Like you just carrying on your program. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I was like, what about you? He's like, well, have you ever thought about competing? And I was thinking, uh, not really like, what sort of uh, in my mind it, it, to be fair I was being quite naive because I thought the only way you could compete in this thing is to do what the big guys do and you know do the CrossFit Open and then get to the games I didn't realize it was such smaller events to begin with um and he was like no like I don't really want to do much competing I don't I never understand why Liam doesn't want to compete because he's amazing like he's a different level and it kind of like ended there really and, I, and then it kind of got into my process and thinking thinking actually Maybe I could compete in this. And I kind of looked into it, clicked on the websites and um, looked, you know, there's a um, CrossFit um, CrossFit competition website thing. And you can just be like local CrossFit competitions. And then loads came up and I did an online one um, to begin with and just, I didn't actually enter it. I just did the workouts and yeah. I was comparing myself to the other girls. Oh, can you still see me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was comparing myself and I was like, oh, okay, I'm doing okay. Like, it was kind of a booster because I was like, oh, I beat some girls and I'm actually doing all right. I'm on the same sort of level. And I thought, this is quite interesting. I remember speaking to Alex and Louis and thinking, shall I enter one? And I text Alex, actually, it was funny. It was on my birthday last year. And Which is um, 2019. I, 2019. And I said, there's this qualifiers and he's like it's the uh, the european qualifiers and i was like oh, do you know what i'll just do it i'll just do these european qualifiers just because it sounds cool as well to yeah. actually do some qualifiers and i didn't even think about like you know just doing anything like to get anywhere and i was just like, i'll just compete in it so i i did so i competed in the european qualifiers under again alex's advice and louis uh, like advice on nutrition i was like oh god i'm actually doing these qualifiers but I think back then I wasn't so like tuned in to thinking, right, I'm going to do really well. I'm going to program everything. So it's up to that. I think it was okay. for me, it was just carry on what I'm doing with my training and see how I get on. Um, cause it was after that when we kind of like nailed it down and I did all right. So came quite, uh, I came 40 first, I think and top 50 qualified. So yeah, I did all right. Not too bad in my qualifiers. So, and then I was like, oh my God, I'm actually going. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, and then I got the email saying, congratulations, you've qualified for the European um, championships. And I was thinking, that's amazing. And then the funniest thing about it was, and then was like, and then okay, I was like, and you're... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then the funniest thing about it was, and then it's like, ah, oh, and you owe us another two hundred pound for entry fee. And I was like, I can't afford this. <laughs> I can't afford this. It's back to eventing again. <laughs> so I fixed it. I was like, to my because it was my around my birthday and stuff like that. I was like, for my Christmas and Christmas, I was like, Christmas present. Can um people just donate some money so I can go to this championships? <laughs> so that's <laughs> so that's what I did. I managed to get my parents to help towards my um as a Christmas present to be able to go to the Europeans. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was how I kind of like entered. Before that, it wasn't really, apart from pick it up, put it down, I'd never really done a CrossFit competition before. So it's kind of like a big step and a leap into something. Yeah, right. But you, you took everything with your, in your stride, which was like absolutely fantastic. It was awesome. Yeah. So, right. So, now talk talk to me about uh, what that experience was like of uh, going to the European Championships and being like, wow, you are the realization that you're at something pretty serious. You've made it yeah. here. Did you have a moment to reflect and be like, wow, like look where I've got to, or was it, um, or was it like right straight in, just got to get this done, and the reflection came afterwards? I think. Um well, we went up the night before, um, so it was me, Louis, Lewis in one car, and then Natalie, Martin, um, and Teresa in the other. And we all went up the night before, and I remember thinking, I feel pretty calm about this. Like, I think it's because I've been used to traveling to competitions the day before all my life with eventing. So I was kind of like, kind of had that, I brought that experience with me, and I was like, it's okay, it's pre-competition, nailed my nutrition, and that day, so I felt on board and ready. So 
everything and what I've done at home. And like Alex had told me, he's like, mate, you've all your preparations done now. So you've just got to go there and throw everything out on the table. So, um, yeah, I kind of had that mentality, but when I got there to the hotel, then I was like, Oh my God, I'm here. Like, I've never done what I'm going to do in the morning. And I remember seeing Instagram posts, as you do as a girl, seeing Instagram posts of the girls that were going to be there. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I saw what she can lift. And, then, <laughs> and this is the morning, this is the morning of the competition. Yeah, no, that was the evening. And then okay. in the morning, I think it kind of just like flowed into that. <laughs> and I remember saying to Louis, Louis was like, right, do you want your breakfast now? What have you eaten? And I'm like, oh my God, I can't eat. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, Go tell him that I was like, now nah, I'm literally just I'm just trying to swallow this. It's, it's like rock. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, managed to do that. And then when I got there, I think I walked in with Louis to begin with, and I, I think we both looked at each other and were like, wow, this is a new level yeah. of CrossFit competition. <laughs> and then I was like, should we leave? <laughs> <laughs> no, and then. It was kind of weird because I said to him, I was like, kind of cool, really, isn't it? Kind of feel quite professional because the way it was laid out, they had like banners and sponsorships all around and they had big um, audience seating as well, which was quite cool. So then it kind of hit home and I got my T-shirt, which I'm wearing now, and I had a plaque with my name on it. And I was like, wow, okay, this this is quite cool now. Um, And I think feelings then, I I then became feeling like extremely nervous. I said to my mum, I don't think I felt that nervous about a competition before. I think it was more the apprehension of the unknown. Does that include all of your horse um, riding as well? Yeah, because I think with the horses, I've done it from such a young age, it's natural. Walking into a CrossFit competition from only, well, from never being at a CrossFit competition, obviously pick it up, put it down, but you have all your friends and your family doing it with you as well and pick it up, put it down. Walking in something else when you don't know anyone, these are all new athletes and these are athletes who are going to probably whip your ass yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and make you look like you belong back in the little lake. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, is a different level. And I was like, I'm definitely more nervous doing this than I have ever been doing anything else. But I don't know, which flipped my mind. But I think after I had my hair plaited by Nat and I had my pre-workout, it kind of then zoned into the fact, right, Ward one is now, and we've got to go warm up. And I think it then kind of was like game on sort of thing. Yes. Kind of like switch to a, for like, do you know what? I can do this. This is what I'm about, and I'm going to do something I love. So it kind of was like that sort of feeling, I think. You, was there like, were you aware of that like, dunk, like I'm switching in and I'm switching into that mode? And had you experienced I, that before? Um, it's something I've always done with the horses. I think it's one of those things. I, I, I mean, I said to Louis as I was walking around the um, warm up thing, I was like, Louis, I'm your, if you see me yawning, I'm not going to fall asleep. I just do it when I'm nervous, <laughs> which is quite funny. But um, um, No, I think it's because I just kind of like switched on. But I remember saying to Martin, who was up there as well, and after WOD 1, he was like, "All the, it's one of those things where you've got to practice. All the other girls were so focused in their lift, they'd walk up to the bar and like, have no emotion. Whereas I was like waving at my mum and, jumping up and down. So I think that respect of it, I was focused, but at the same time, I, because I'd never experienced what it would be like in the ring, I kind of was like myself a bit too much. I think I could have like <laughs> drained in a bit more of the energy and thought, right, okay, this is the bar, I'm going to lift it. But at the same time, I think I did have the focus, but maybe not the focus I needed to lift heavier, if that made sense. There's an element though of like you you'd made it to this massive platform and for, realistically while you've made it to that platform it's amazing we both know that you've got so much potential in your future as well and it will we'll listen back to this in five years time and be like god do you remember when you were there but the um there's also the element of what, when you're super competitive and you've got that wiring what is unfortunate is that so often we don't get the opportunity just to take it in. So it's really lovely that the first one you're there and really it says a lot about what your objectives were. It's like you were there and it's like, Rick, I'm here. That's amazing in of itself. I'm going to wave at my mum and we're going to make the most of this situation as much as I can. And yeah. you've got decades of competition to worry about taking it a hundred percent seriously. I mean, you want to, 
one of the things that really surprised me because that was like one of the first few competitions I've ever seen was that people weren't competing on the next day of your event just because they knew that they weren't going to hit the finals. That yeah. really surprised me. But because, and I think that's the other end of the spectrum, if you take it too seriously, actually there's an argument that you don't get to get as much from that event for yourself. Yeah, so definitely. You, so you're at the, you're at the comp. Mm-hmm. Now talk us through it. So what ones you're sort of, you're feeling it through between day one and day two, how did it go through? What were the sort of big takeaways for you? I think um, day one was just about really being there and experiencing it. I mean, what one was a clean and press, which for me, I think was the best news ever, because like right. I said earlier, a clean and press for me is being back, basically back at home at Eisenhurst gym and being able to do something I love. So I didn't walk into a one with a handstand walk or like, you know, doing something like completely <laughs> different. And you'd be like, ah, but um, I think having that was a bit of a, right, I can't do this. This is what I like doing. So I think that helped. I mean, also PBing on my first ward definitely gave me good confidence. <laughs> um, so yeah, ward one was great. Um, and then ward two, I remember feeling a little bit sore from ward one. And I think, that was something different than I experienced at home. I think, especially over the couple of days is being out. If you feel a bit sore or you've done a workout just once in a day, you think, Oh, I might have tomorrow off. I mean, doing three wads in a day and then thinking, right, tomorrow I could potentially do five or, you know, yeah. two, we had no idea and having to deal with that body soreness, but like being able to switch it off as such, like being able to then think, right, I'm not sore. I will carry on. <laughs> Um, and it, the way they did it, the Europeans was very clever. They did all upper body or something like that. Yeah, it was upper body stuff on the first day and then lower body the second. So at the <laughs> end of it, I remember seeing all the girls' Instagram stories. Everybody was crying, thinking, oh, wow, Carl Savile's really ruined us at our whole body this <laughs> year. <laughs> um, yeah, so just, um, yeah, just dealing with the fact that it, then the, I think the second ward, I'm, I'm really bad with my memory here, but the second workout was um, some gymnastic movements, so chest to bars, wasn't it? The second yeah, it was one. something like, I think it was maybe wall balls, chest to bar, and, and that's maybe it, double unders. The next day. But yeah, you, uh, yeah. so you finished off day one. What did you do in the evening of day one? Um, so in the evening, um, uh, do you, want oh, to talk about you did something amazing in the evening of day one. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember who you met? <laughs> oh yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> I thought, do you want me to talk about nutrition? And I was like, no, he doesn't. He wants me to talk about Eddie Hall. So <laughs> <laughs> you can talk so, about nutrition. <laughs> um, so, um, so, but yeah, so day one, I nailed. Uh, we had our, all our nutrition prep. So me and Louis had put together stuff. Uh, not necessarily. You'd, everyone would imagine would have like just plain rice, chicken and stuff like that, like throughout the whole day. And that would suck. <laughs> it would definitely suck, especially with competition. Cause um, I think what everybody needs to realize and sometimes at a competition, you want to eat things you fancy, like at that moment at the time, because you're dealing enough with worrying about what's going on, let alone worrying about the fact that what you're eating, you know, what you're pumping in to yourself. So I think on a net, like a hindsight of it, like, um, we were very clever with the fact what I was eating was getting enough, uh, my macros on point, but also having that certain stuff that will give me energy and what stuff I fancy there and then. So for me, peanut butter sandwiches all the way. <laughs> <laughs> so we took about seven of those. <laughs> for anyone listening, that was not my idea, <laughs> but we make, but you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Although we're joking. Like it was, it was so important to be like, Look, on the firstly on the continuum of like health to performance mm. Saturday and Sunday it's like we need you to freaking perform the best you absolutely can and then the second thing is it's so easy to go right scientifically we want you to be having like mm. this food because it's like got loads of omega-3s in and you've got loads of like multivitamins no what mm. is the most important thing we need to meet your basic demands to meet your performance maximally and also reduce like the fatigue from you just eating your food by making sure that that food is delicious if you can look forward to it even better and especially if we can do something with that food so it can be consumed even when you're not massively feeling super hungry and that's what we did really well and that's why though we joke the peanut butter sandwich worked super well <laughs> yeah i mean i did have my oats and my protein and, stuff like that. <laughs> and my chicken and rice yeah. um but yeah, so yeah, nutrition was great on the first day. I had um, chicken fajita like mixed with rice in the evening, had that. 
And then um, what was the best thing about it is Louis would be like, if you want to go out in the evening, we still can. We can, we, the way we did it, we could manage my macros like easily with what I was choosing and made it a bit more relaxing. The last thing we wanted to do was worrying about what was having. So that was really, it was really cool just having Louis there in the first place, just being able to be like, right, Louis, what do I need to eat now? And he'd be like, have this. <laughs> I, I think the best thing on what um, the day one was, uh, I, I didn't realize until we got there, but I'd packed tuna. So my lunch oh, was tuna, tuna and rice with like salad cream thing. I know it sounds weird, but I love it. But um, <laughs> so I packed tunas without the tin openers and they were like sealed. And I remember Louis telling me that after the whole like weekend was on, he's like, I'm so glad you didn't ask for the tuna. <laughs> you asked for the chicken. He's like, because you didn't bring a tin opener. <laughs> so he's like secretly worrying about me. What would you fancy? A protein shake? <laughs> so it was, it was quite funny after knowing that, that the fact that he was hoping I'd avoid the tuna. But, um, yeah, so in the evening we went out to Nando's. Um, so that was Natalie... Martin, uh, me, my mum, my dad, um, and did I say Torino? Yeah. Um, so we all went to Nando's and we met. <laughs> we, when we got there, the first person we saw was Eddie Hall, who was <laughs> on the second day, who's the strongest man. Like, he's the strongest guy, isn't he, on earth? Yeah. Um, and um, the second day, he was doing uh, Isabel. It was Isabel, wasn't it? Of uh, 30 snatches. I think time. it was going to be. Um... It was going to be 30 clean, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They changed it to Isabel. Yeah, so he was doing 30 snatches at a time. And the first thing I asked him was like, have you got your techniques for tomorrow? And he was just really cool and pretty chill. And he managed to give me, give me a photo, which I'm probably sure you've seen if you've got my um, Facebook, but um, of me looking wee, <laughs> tiny. <laughs> <laughs> my, my head was as big as like his bicep. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was really cool. And I think it, that kind of hit at home as well. It's like, wow, Eddie Hall's here too. It's like, we're all in it together. Yeah. So that was quite cool. Um, and then, yeah, went to bed fairly early. I <laughs> made the worst mistake and I was so knackered. I didn't even make the um, the shower. <laughs> so <laughs> in the morning, I had to get out extra early to have a shower before the second day. <laughs> so yes, I went to bed sweaty. <laughs> um yeah, and the next day, kind of like same thing, focused on our nutrition, hitting the same things as we did the day before. The only difference of the second day was being able to deal with how I was feeling recovery rise of the day before. So I was a little bit sore. So doing, we did um, some stretches and mobility in the evening of day one before I went to bed. Um, and then, yeah, the next day, we, I warmed up a bit longer on the cardio equipment um, and made sure that, I was still able to move my arms and my legs for the second day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, and the nutrition part of that helped. I think for me, and I, I said, I literally put my hand on my heart and said, we nailed our nutrition so much that I think my recovery was brilliant. Like it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. And I think because of that is, it's amazing how we managed to <laughs> kind of like wiggle <laughs> our way through that. So that's really cool. <laughs> Yeah. And then how um so and then the last day so you had your your workouts and how well did you do there and then where was your headspace as you uh, where was your headspace as you were making that journey home how were you feeling I think um, my headspace to begin with on the first second day was the fact that the first day I wasn't anywhere like it would make semi-finals or finals and I think for me I never really looked at the leaderboard I mean I know the girls did who were with me and my mum was like just checking having a look. And I remember doing really well with the rower and the burpee world, which was yeah. the first on the second day. But before that, I didn't even look. Like, it wasn't my intentions to look on the leaderboard throughout the weekend. I mean, being there was cool. So just completing the weekend was my goal. Um, so I kind of went into the second day thinking, right, today's the day to just get through here and just, you know, complete it and feel really good about myself and go home and be like, guys, I did it. I got, I got through it. Yeah. Um, so I went into Ward 1, Alex, like we said, had been on the phone telling me what my splits were, so I knew exactly what I needed to do. I mean, burpees I love anyway. So it kind of was like, I know what I've got to do, pace it. It was a 12-minute ward, so it was, quite a, it was a longer one for us because it was literally nonstop of rowing burpees for 12 minutes, which is quite hardcore. And um, just my mind space, I think I was in, in complete focus that day of just thinking, 
I know what I'm doing here. So I think it was completely different without, you know, how the first day was a little bit more apprehensive. This day was kind of like, I did it yesterday, know what I'm doing, a bit more comfortable, let's go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so after that was great. And then the next world was very gymnastic. And for me, gymnastic is still something I need to work on. So that was quite nice to just get through. I mean, pistol squats, toast bar, chest bars. I mean, I think I found on the second day how... Um, how like hard it was to do a chest bar like <laughs> I remember like kicking as hard as I could to try and get my chest on the bar and they kept going no rep and being no reps at a competition you're like huh I remember this one guy he kept no rep no repping me and I was like I'm actually touching the bar and I remember <laughs> don't have an argument with your judge it's not a place to have an argument with your judge um <laughs> but so yeah I think what I learned from the second and the first day overall and on my way home is I've still got a long way to go. I'm better than I thought I was at what I'm doing. It's a great, like I have the best team around me and now it's just being able to nail and refine certain movements and just keep going, keep fit, but be clever about the fitness. Like I know sometimes I sometimes have to say, right, I'm going to do yoga this morning instead of going for like a 10 mile run. Like you have to be clever with the fact that Yes, you've got to be fit, but you've also got to be mentally and uh, fit and recovered as fully as you can for your training. So I think it's being smart with your training, smart with your nutrition, and just just enjoy what you're doing. I think sometimes what I get, like, uh, and what people could fall into a trap in is not enjoying what you're doing because then you kind of like become obsessive. And obsessive is great, but there's being obsessed and there's being committed and they're I think two are very terms that are used together, but are very different. Absolutely. Um, and I think kind of taking obsession to one side and just enjoying and being committed on another is a different side. So yeah, for me, I think it's just being smarter and just keep going really. See how far we can get, eh, Lou? <laughs> yes, you're yeah. right. And I think that there's a fine line, isn't there, between taking something very seriously and comprehensively and then becoming a servant to what you mm. think you're supposed to be doing. And it's like yeah. you're sort of dragging yourself through, whereas yeah. really this whole, re this whole thing is about you and it, the, the protocol should serve you and not the other way around. Yeah. Personally, like it was really lovely to just step back and see your growth. I think a lesson anyone listening to this, whatever you are, if you're in finance, if you're a teacher, if you're in CrossFit, fantastic stepping out of the bubble that you might live your life in really allows for growth. And it's that goldfish analogy. Like to me, you're one of the fittest people in the area where we live. But what was so fantastic is you step into this event where it's like, boom, right? You're in a big pond. You've got some super, super fit athletes here. And it was so lovely that you just took that totally by the horns and to just step back. And even in the warm up area, just seeing you form those connections with girls and like chatting and like cheering each other yep. on. And then even after now, seeing you move into that, that greater CrossFit community and knowing that that is going to facilitate your growth exponentially going forward. It's like, mm -hmm. it, it was such a lovely, lovely thing to see. And the way you've owned that and taken so many lessons and parts of your personality that you've had your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and then taking that <laughs> forward into your success was amazing. Um, <laughs> just shut the door <laughs> <laughs> what my do mum's back from shopping <laughs> what do you think has um, sculpted your work ethic um, I don't know really What's, what, what do you mean by what okay, do you mean so, uh, and you, you, you've probably touched on this a little bit already but what sort of factors in your life and whether it's nature or nurture do you think has led you to be the person you are now with this fantastic work ethic that has delivered you to achieving so much success? I think uh, having my dad's such a hard worker as it is. And I think as much as you are like your own person, I think it's very much, my parents are very work driven. We are doing this and it's very motivated. My family's very motivated. I'm very lucky that I've been given the opportunities I have to get where I am as well, but just their work ethic and just being respectful of what you do as well is, a, is part of hopefully who I believe I am. Like I'm very, even though sometimes um, you can be quite, I don't know how to put it, like 
you do something. So say with my eventing, I got given the horse and stuff like that from my dad. I think you can sometimes take that to an advantage and it completely not realize what you, right. you've been given. And I think sometimes just sitting back and think, wow, um, I have a very good support group. And, and even with my CrossFit stuff, even though I don't come from a CrossFit gym, I think if I didn't have the big family that I have from my circuit law and Louis and I know you're there, I'm not just saying it cause you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and just all the girls and everything. If I didn't have them, I don't think, I don't think I'd be the person I am today. I think I've grown a lot throughout the gym and I think everybody's seen me grow through the gym, not just with my, what I'm doing in the gym, but actually the way I respond to certain things. And I think it's a big test for me with this lockdown and the coronavirus of being able to manage and still motivate myself by myself. And I think, I think it will change me, but for the better as well, but not be so reliant on people, but also realize how lucky I am to have those people in my life. Um, and yeah, so I think in terms of like role models and stuff, I'm a, a bit of a fan of Catherine Davis daughter and one of her biggest saying is be the best you. And I really believe in that saying, you have to just be the best you, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, try and best yourself. You have always got competition around you competition with like CrossFit, like better people pulling rowing, like better lifts or better, like even just in a, not even CrossFit, like you have someone who's better at doing what you're doing, like work wise. And I think sometimes, yes, that competition is healthy and you have to have that to improve, but it's being the best of what you can do, like what you are capable of and pushing yourself out of those boundaries. And I think for me, doing that CrossFit competition really pushed me to the next stage and thinking like, right, I'm going to be the best me. Whatever I do at this competition, I'm just going to throw it all out on the table because this is where I can go as fast and as hard as and strong as I like and try and see how far I can go. I think that in life is kind of like a really good term. That's awesome. Yeah. It, the big thing that comes through there is that it sounds like all of those things come back to grounding you. Like your parents, like that hard work ethic, you not taking the things you've uh, had for granted, the success you've yeah. had for granted, and then also recognizing that your environment has been a massive predicate for your success. Like all of those yeah. things ground you. And when we're grounded, we're able to build from that foundation and, yeah. you're, not, and you're not losing sight of where you've come from. And again, knowing our history allows us to move forward and that's a, that's fantastic love yeah. leads also here that you've got those idols and she's incredible love that saying as well that you just said being the best version of you if yeah. you had to give some anyone advice listening to this she's maybe thinking about competing uh mm -hmm. in crossfit or maybe something else what advice would would you have for them i think like i said um the whole saying of be the best you but if you want to do something, just do it. I mean, everybody has their doubts and maybe oh, I won't be good at it or I'm not going to be as good as that person or I, I, my anxiety plays up. I'm like, I, for one, ha have bad days. Like, I have weak days where I'm just like, I'm not that good. And you, you'd be lying to say you don't all have that, those days. And I think doing a CrossFit competition or just in life and you just want to be out, if you think, right, that would be cool if I completed it. Just, just do it. Just, just yeah. do it. <laughs> like <laughs> it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, what I've learned, and my mum said to me, is with horses, um, I used to like compete, or if I do something really wrong, if I fall off, or um, I have like loads of poles, and you think everyone's just going to think I'm just a total loser, and like <laughs> I'm literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad today. And in your head, you're like, oh god, what do people think? But at the end of the day. That person only saw you made that mistake for like a split, what, 20 seconds. And then in their day, that's it. It's gone. They do yes. not think of, yes. they don't think about that more than that 20 seconds. And yeah, maybe you look like a tit for 20 seconds. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they're not thinking about what you just did. Only you are thinking about it for the next hour or more. So I think that taking that, like sometimes you mess up and sometimes, yeah, it's going to happen. You're going to fail. But at the same time, what if you succeed? And I think it's great to just see what you can do. And if you fail, you fail. And if you succeed, then it's a win-win really. <laughs> so that, yeah. That's such a lovely perspective, Katie. Um, what is your, so when you're looking into the future for yourself, what are your aspirations now um, from a competitive uh, nature? Um, I want to do more as much as I can. So more experience for me, it's not just seeing how big I can get and how amazing I can get. But for me, it's improving on personal goals, like um, small lifts and just uh, maybe 
um, getting a bit fitter, like in respect of CrossFit and maybe doing a bit better next year in the European Championships. I think that for me is a quite a cool goal to go towards. So just to get in as much experience as I can. I think um, keeping up my nutrition and stuff like that is really important for me to carry on. Um, but yeah, I guess long-term goals would be one day if I could make it as far as the games. So that would be the best goal ever. But I mean, let's not look that far yet. Yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just look at the next European Championships. <laughs> but let's hold on to it still. Let's still yeah. hold on to that. I mean, that it's, good to ha- it's, it's good to have those goals, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. That's really yeah. cool. Um, and then the, the last question that I'll ask you, Katie, is if I was to give you two extra hours a day, which you get to spend on yourself, what would you do with those two hours? I think um, what I do with those two hours, I start to do a bit of practice it now. So it's writing, I've got like a gratitude book. So I write down things I'm grateful for and my goals, not just my long-term, my short-term goals and how I'm going to get there. And even if it's just like today, I'm going to have two cups of teas because in those two cups of teas, I sit down for 10 minutes. And for me, sitting down is is, is a good thing because I'm always up and go. Um, So yeah, even just those two cup of teas written on those page makes me do it. And I think um, for me, it would, those two hours extra day wouldn't necessarily be more fitness. It'd be more time for me and more time for my family and doing stuff, you know, that isn't CrossFit based and fitness and horses. It's just actually enjoying what I've got and what I'm lucky of having. I think that would be my two hours of extra of the day. Is that a good good enough answer? That's a great answer. That's a great answer. That was brilliant. Love that. Katie, thank you so, so much. Um, No, thank you. That was amazing. Uh, Stay there for me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That was so cool to get that insight from Katie um, and sort of hear about Katie, your story, and then the lessons that we said. With the beginning, we said the intention was to take some lessons away from your story into ourselves. And what's lovely is that we did have lessons, and then we've also, I think, listening to that, become invested in you and really excited to see how far you're going to go. Um, I'm excited to be a part of that journey, but I know everyone watching is also going to be excited to see where that goes as well. So thank you so, so much, Katie. That was amazing. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, this has been Katie Hickling who, Katie, where can people follow you? Um, so I've just started up a new, um, Instagram account, which is called Hickers with two Z's. Um, you can get me on Katie Hicklin and I think there's a link to the other one, but if you can follow that, be amazing. It's only just started up and I'm going to put all my CrossFit stuff and I post workouts daily on there as well. So you can get involved or you can just look at the workouts and think, Oh God, I don't want to do that. <laughs> whatever you want to do. Um, Was it at, I, at um, how do you spell yeah, that? Hang on. I'm going to have to double check Lou. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. You got it. You got it. Yeah, nice. it's at h i c k underscore e r z, and that's across that one. Nice. Cool. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. That was absolutely awesome. One of the things that I think was really cool about that is that anyone listening is now going to have a bit of an insight into the energy that is within you. Um, and for all of us listening, it also was cool to hear about how you'd taken the things you learned from what you had sort of been doing before with the horse riding and applied them into your CrossFit. And really anyone listening who is going through any transition, whether it be business, financial or life related, the event doesn't define you. The defining factor will be you as the person going through that journey. So taking what you can learn from your past, manifesting it into your present to build the future that you desire. Um, yeah and like there are so many people around us that in their own ways have these stories that are so inspiring and we can take from that uh, the the tools to make our lives even more delivering for ourselves so katie thank you so much i cannot wait to see uh, your journey and your athletic career continue to excel um, and i really hope that anyone listening is now on board with that journey Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it, guys. And if you have time, leave a review. That'll be a dream. If not, no dramas. We're still friends. (laughs) I can't wait to see you on the next podcast. uh, And look after yourselves. You guys rock. Pow.